In the last episode, I talked about sending a postcard about the reality of learning. And in this episode, I want to send another postcard. So I want to cover the same topic, but with a a different set of images on the front. So today, I want to talk about the reality of learning, thinking about collaboration, democratisation, subversion, and how things are contextualised. So let's have a look at this postcard and see how it reinforces or differs from the previous one. And I should say it's okay for it to be different. I, I redraw these things pretty often to reflect where my own thinking is at, and I'd encourage you to do the same. So think about collaboration. Well, learning is increasingly collaborative and co-creative, and that leads us to ask the question, what is co-creation? Well, you know, it's a form of sense-making, and sense-making is what we do within communities. In fact, in the Social Leadership Handbook, I said that communities are our primary sense-making entity. So we do some thinking about stuff in our own heads, but then we do quite a lot of thinking about it with other people around us. So collaboration in the context of modern learning is about co-creation. So we'd better understand how co-creation works. Well, I guess it can work two ways. It can work really well or really badly, which largely depends on the context in which it takes place. So within a trusted context, we're more likely to share views which we are uncertain of. Um, If we don't trust the people around us, we're more likely to share sort of the dominant view of the group. So if we want meaningful iteration of ideas, we probably need a trusted environment for that to happen within. And it also ties into notions of authenticity. So within a co-creative, collaborative environment, the authenticity of an individual voice is important. Secondly, democratisation. You know, we've moved away from this notion of learning being owned by the organisation or knowledge being owned by the organisation. And it's increasingly democratised. So you could describe it as a balance between, you know, organisational needs and individual needs. Um, It should be allowed to challenge established norms. You know, we're not just looking for replicability to achieve effect at scale. We're looking for diversity to achieve effect at scale. So we need open models of learning, perhaps where people can choose what they learn as much as being told what they need to learn. Now, the third image on this postcard would be subversion, thinking about how learning is increasingly subverting outdated organisational system, process and power. And it's really important because, just to state the really obvious, if you want to change an organisation, you have to change the organisation. And the only ways to do that are, you know, firstly, you can pay an expensive consultant to come in and tell you what everybody else is doing and what you should do. Or secondly, you can tie into this sort of tacit wisdom of the organisation. What is it that you need to change? So where is the curiosity? How can you unlock the curiosity of your organisation at scale? Well, it's more than just telling people that they can be curious. You have to put a price on something which is priceless. So curiosity is a a priceless feature of a social system. A system that is curious is one that can be innovative. But really, as we were talking about earlier with collaboration, um, we have to evolve our notion of subversion. If people are questioning or challenging things which were established norms, how will we recognise and reward them for so doing? And One way to think about this is how willing are we to keep a narrative open? So organisations are often very keen to close a narrative, to come up with a definitive view and to hang on to that view. But when we're being curious and subversive, we often need to hold a narrative open and say we're not sure, we don't know what the end point is, but this is where we are exploring. So this takes us into an area where we think about agility. What is true agility? 
It's not about having a new answer to an old problem. It's about having a broadly distributed capability to find new answers to those problems over time. So it's not a codified strength, it's a diversified strength. The fourth image on our postcard would be contextualization. Learning is increasingly contextualized to where you are, who's near you, and what you're doing at the time. And all of that means that good learning in the context of organizations is meaningful. You know, it's directly supportive of your performance. Well, you know, that's what learning should be. It should help you to be more effective, um, and hence it will be more valued. But to help you be more effective, it has to be very relevant and meaningful. You know, so we have to think, how is it contextualized? Is it contextualized purely through sort of the model as it is served up? So do we try to just give people what they think they need? Or do we create the ecosystem in which they can choose what they decide they want? So we have to think about, you know, how is the menu served up? And where is it served? What is the opportunity for people to explore what is available and then choose what they want sort of off that menu? So let's just step back and take a look at our postcard here. And this week I'm saying there are four elements on this. Learning is increasingly collaborative, so we must focus on co-creation. It's increasingly democratised, so we need to achieve a balance between what the organisation wants you to learn and what you want to learn. It's increasingly subversive, so we want to unlock curiosity, but we'll have to be willing to pay the price for that. And it's increasingly contextualised, which means it must support performance in a meaningful way. So what are the questions we should be asking ourselves around this? Well, we should be thinking about collaboration. How do we support co-creation? Where does it take place? And what are we willing to invest in that? We should be thinking about subversion. So how are people able to be curious? Are they able to be curious in public or in private? What resources are available to them? And crucially, how do you hear what people are curious about and possibly in collaborative ways try to spot trends and patterns within that? Understanding the pulse of curiosity in an organisation is a really priceless resource. (music) 